What's up, everybody? This is Aaron Marshall. The podcast is called The Present Day Saint. My musings on theology, apologetics, ministry, and doing life as an evangelical Christian in the state of Utah. So grab your favorite hot beverage. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's tea. Maybe it's a hot Dr. Pepper. Curl up on the couch or wherever your favorite chair is and enjoy this episode of The Present Day Saint. Welcome, everybody. This is Aaron Marshall, the present-day saint. This is the second episode of the podcast. So you heard the introduction, hopefully, and, you, and you've, you've decided to stick around for episode two. And so uh, I thought what we'd do in these first couple episodes is maybe just give kind of a brief, sort of an overview of the kinds of things that we'll be talking about uh, over the course of the next year, years, the millennia, you know, who knows, who knows what it would be. But, uh, but you know, what are some of the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about in so what we would do is the, in these first couple episodes is just kind of give you a smattering of those kind of things and, and why hopefully you'll, you'll hear some things that'll be helpful and then why you'd want to stick around and listen in, uh, to this podcast. So when I talk to you about God's existence or the nature of God, what is the kinds of things that come to your mind? Uh, there was a theologian who once said that what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Let me say that again. This is super important. What you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And and what he means is if you think God is like X and whatever X is, uh, then that's going to define in so many ways your much of your worldview. It's going to define the way that you look at uh, ultimate reality, uh, ethics, morality, uh, future, you know, eschatological, easy for you to say, right? Eschatology, I can't even speak, eschatology. Uh, he's going to talk about eschatology, uh, which just means um, sort of the end times, uh, both both individually and, and uh, for collectively. Uh, it's just going to define all kinds of things. So just as an example, if you're an atheist, what you think about when you think about God is that God doesn't exist. Uh, that means that we are... Um, you know, certainly on a, on a naturalistic, uh, materialistic, Darwinian uh, worldview, we are simply gene machines dancing to our DNA. Uh, I used to j- always joke and say that was going to be uh, the the name of uh, my band, Gene Machines, and the first album was going to be called "Dancing to Our DNA." But but think about it: you're just protoplasm. You're uh, Jeff Durbin from Apologia. Uh, he used to always, you're just brain gas. You know, you're just you're just chemicals. You know, you're just uh, that's all you are. You you are ultimately just physical matter, you know, and you're interacting with other physical matter. And so there is no ultimate purpose. There is no, you know, destiny about where things are going. You're just going to die. But ultimately, and we'll talk about this in other episodes, there is no mind. There is no immaterial thing whatsoever. So there is no ultimate, you know, consciousness, uh, you know, trying to talk about mind and consciousness and ethics and these kind of things for, uh, for materialists is just impossible. What about things like numbers, uh, abstract objects like the moral law and numbers, the laws of logic, where do those things properly reside in a materialistic world? I mean, ultimately, they just they just are made up things. Um, and so clearly, we'd say that, the, that that isn't the case. And, and, and so what we'll see is that your worldview, the way that you what you think about when you think about God is going to have huge implications in the way you live out your life. And if you've got a false worldview, which we would certainly say atheism is a false worldview, you're not going to be able to make sense of ultimate reality. 
But in the same vein, if you have a false view about God, then you also aren't going to be able to make sense of ultimate reality. And so one of the things that uh, has become, you know, one of the things that I learned as I moved out here to Utah is the way in which the, uh, the Latter-day Saints view God. And so what I wanted to talk about briefly is, is I wanted just to compare uh, the Latter-day Saints view of God with reality and see if it could actually be true, if their version of reality, if their understanding of, uh, sorry, if their understanding of God could actually be true. In other words, could there, d- does their uh, understanding of God match up with ultimate reality? And I would just say the answer is clearly no. And obviously, if, if your worldview can't explain all of reality, then your worldview can't be true. And so how do I come to this conclusion? What do I mean when I say that their their understanding of God cannot be true? Well, the LDS believe that Heavenly Father was a was a man, okay? And so this was that he was a man who um, earned godhood and so part of their uh, their worldview is this belief that uh, that men that myself I mean any any man sorry ladies you can't do it but men can actually become gods now separate episode huge problems I think Genesis 3 <laughs> clearly rings uh, alive here but huge problems with that view but the idea is that men can become God and you can become God then there's lots of, that means there's lots of gods uh and so that means that that heavenly father who is the God of this planet was once a man who became God and he became God. He ultimately became perfect and he earned God. He earned Godhood. Uh, and so now his, one of his, uh, one of the things he got, so to speak for that was this planet over which he rules and you as well, if you're a man again, sorry, uh, women, uh, but if you're, you're a man, then you too can earn Godhood if, if you become perfect. And that's a huge problem. I think with, um, uh, that with uh, uh, it pushes up against reality because guess what you can't become perfect and it's we call it the the impossible gospel it's just you cannot become perfect and so any uh, any and all cults and I don't mean that in a uh, you know uh, pejorative way but cult just meaning any any professing um, a Christian worldview that actually differs on Orthodox Christian views in such a way that it actually takes them out of Orthodoxy and puts them into heresy. We just, that's what we mean by cult. Uh, and I, and I certainly would call the Latter-day Saints that again, not in a pejorative way, not in a, you know, drink the Kool-Aid Jim Jones kind of way, but just in a, that they don't teach what is Orthodox uh, Christian worldview. We'll talk about that on multiple episodes, but in their view that, that man became uh, that, that a man became God. Now, what does that mean? It means that God is a physical being, okay? So there's a physical being, this guy, right, who became God and now rules over this planet, and he's a physical being. What that also means is that there was a God over the planet when Heavenly Father was just a man, and that that God was once a man who had become God. Now, if you if you're kind of catching on how this works, you can see that this means that there's just an infinite regress of men who have become gods. And if you take that back all the way to uh, the starting point, which we you have to right. So the question would be, well, where did the first man come from? And on the on the Mormon worldview, that this ultimately is just that 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 matter is what is matter was what was was the first thing that existed. Matter is the prime reality. Now think about the implications of this. 
Okay. So there's just matter that's somehow existing. The obvious question is where did the matter come from? That's you got huge problems there, but somehow this matter organized itself, which doesn't make any sense because how could material things organize itself uh, into somehow uh, a um, life and then somehow what, but, but the question, you know, so where's this, just this abstract matter, just where is it existing? Uh, because, you know, what we know from uh, science tells us that time, space and matter all came into existence at, uh, at the big bang. So you've got problems there. I mean, you got huge problems, but with, with, with just with the worldview in, in, in all kinds of ways, but how could just prime matter just exist? Okay. Cause, because what, what I want to argue to you is that's impossible. Okay. What you're going to have to have as the foundation of everything, what we call the uncaused first cause, could not be material. And one of the, I think, one of the best ways that we can combat Mormon theology or the LDS understanding of God is with a what we call a Thomistic Aristotelian understanding of God. So Thomas Aquinas uh, was um, you know a, a medieval thinker, uh, theologian who took the work of Aristotle and some people say baptized it, but looked at some of the arguments that Aristotle made with what's called the first mover argument or first cause uh, argument and helped us to see that God by nature and by definition could not be material. Okay. And the question, okay, well, how, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, what he argues, and again, we'll have lots more videos on this, but again, as a flavor, as an introduction to, to the kind of things that we'll talk about here. And as I think as a, as a direct refutation to the Mormon worldview, what would, number one, what was the implications or why was the, the view that God could not have a body? Why did, how did they come to that conclusion? Why did they come to that conclusion? And then um, ultimately, uh, how does this have any implications with uh, the Mormon worldview, right? All right. So what Aristotle taught, and again, you're, you're trying to think about how can you take something that's that's a lot of information and kind of just briefly uh, distill it down into something that can that makes sense. Is that essentially, uh, and there's lot, there's lots of different ways in which he argued for God's existence, but but what he argued, uh, Aquinas, sorry, what what Aquinas argued is that everything is made up of what's called act and potency. Okay. Basically, he said everything is actuality or potential. Okay. And so when you, what does that, what does that mean? It means that, uh, right in my hands right now is a Virginia tech coffee mug. Number one, Virginia tech, right. Uh, you know, the best school ever is that that's an objective fact. Uh, we'll talk about subjective and objective truths. Certainly at points in this uh, podcast, but I have Virginia tech coffee mug. Okay. Now the coffee mug is actually, as I look at right now, it's, uh, it's got a spherical shape. You know, it's, it's a circular, it's got a, it's got depth to it. It's made of, looks like ceramics. It's got a handle to it. Actually, the handle looks like it was, it was one of my kids knocked it over and broke it off. And then the handle was glued back on. Okay. So it's actually all of those things. It's uh, maroon and orange, which is the colors of Virginia tech. Uh, there's a VT design in the, in, um, in, uh, on the mug. So it's actually those things. But what is it potentially? Well, it's potentially, I guess, uh, a blob of plaster if we were somehow to melt it down. It's potentially, uh, and this would be horrible and maybe even heretical, it's potentially um, orange and blue and UVA mug. So UVA, if many of you know, is, is our big rival for Virginia Tech. Um, so if I painted it a different way, it could be a UVA mug. If I, I went at one point when my kids knocked the handle off of it and then it was glued back on, then it's potentially uh, doesn't have a handle, potentially has a handle on the other side. It potentially has a cap on it. There's lots of different ways in, in which this mug is potentially certain things, but it's actually 
actually what it is right now. Now, the question is, if every, and so uh, Aquinas argues that everything is made up of actuality and potentiality, everything, okay? The question is, what, uh, so first, what is metaphysically prior, actuality or potentiality? And what, uh, what uh, Aquinas argues is that it's, it's actuality. Um, actuality is actually headed towards something. That it's, uh, this goes into final causality, which we'll get into uh, in later podcasts. But actuality means that something is actual, uh, it's actually becoming something, okay? And actuality is limited. Our actuality is limited by the kind of being that we are. This is what we call essential natures to things, super important. Again, uh, as you'll hear me say lots in this podcast, we'll talk about it for the podcast. Um, but the so so the actuality of this um, of this mug goes back to so again something you, you can't have something that's just pure potentiality but you can have something that's just pure actuality which again we're going to point to at the end of this to show that that's actually what God is. So the question is, how does something go from potentiality to actuality? Well, it, what it can't come from itself. It has to come from something else. So something outside of the mug actually painted the mug, or we say actualized the potentiality the mug had to become Virginia Tech colors. Something outside of the mug actualized the potentiality that this mug had to have a handle, uh, to have the spherical shape, to have to to have the uh, the hole sort of here in the mug, which would hold coffee. All the things that it actually does now had to be actualized by something or someone outside of the mug. Now, what's interesting about that argument is that let's say, so let's just say it was the machine that hollowed out the plaster uh, to, you know, give, a, give it a place where we could dump coffee into. Okay, the question is, well, that, that machine itself is also composed of actuality and potentiality. And what actualized the potentiality that that machine have to, had to hollow out the inside of that mug? Well, that in and of itself would also have to have been caused by something else, itself composed of actuality and potentiality. You see where this is going, okay? And the argument is that if everything that is actualized or all the potentiality that is actualized had to be actualized by something outside of it, then the final or foundational cause, you, th this couldn't just go back on uh, ad infinitum. It couldn't go back on as an, in, in, you know, a series of infinite uh, in regress because you have to have something or someone that isn't potential, has no potentiality whatsoever because that, because then if it, if that, thing or that being had potentiality, then it would have to be actualized by something outside of it. And you haven't actually got to the, to the bottom, the foundation of, uh, of this series, uh, of causes again, not causes back in time. Like, you know, my mother beget me and then her mother beget her, those things. But right now, right now, what is actualizing the potentiality? Okay. And so the argument is that you have to have a being that just is pure act. In other words, there's pure actuality with no potentiality whatsoever. Okay. With zero, so, so it can't be becoming anything. It doesn't have the potential for anything. It just has to be pure act. Now, why is that the case? Because that being itself is what's actualizing all the potentiality of things that are changing. So the mug actualizing the, the whatever actualized potentiality of this mug to actually become, you know, to have a handle ultimately goes back to God that God is the actualizer, the first actualizer, or we would call pure act, that is actualizing all of the potentiality that's being actualized in this world at this exact same moment. So at this moment, everything that all the act, all of the potentiality has been actualized is doing so because God, which who just is pure act, is actualizing that. 
Now, even if that's hard for you to understand, which again, uh, I'm not saying this is super easy. And again, we can go into this a lot deeper, uh, you know, in podcast series and those kind of things, but I'm just trying to introduce you to this. So if that's the case, and if you're able to follow along with the, the argument, then what you would say is, okay, what would be some of the characteristics of this being that just is pure act? Well, one of the, one of the characteristics of this being is he could not metaphysically could not have had a body. Why? Because a body by nature is composed of parts. So I've got arms and I've got legs and I got a head and I got all these different parts of me. Okay. That means that I have potentiality. Okay. Cause I'm potentially, I could lose my arm. I could potentially move, you know, walk. I could potentially move from this space to this space. I could potentially, um, you know, chop off my nose. I could potentially do, there's lots of potentiality wrapped up in me having a body. But if this being that we've just looked at, which just is pure act, God, cannot have any potentiality, then by definition, he couldn't have a body because then he would actually be composed of potentiality and actuality. But since he couldn't be composed of any potentiality, because if he was, the question would be what would actualize his potentiality have to be some kind of being that's more foundational than him. And we just haven't gotten to God yet, but it's at the base level. When you get to the being that just is pure act that is actualizing all the potentiality, you realize that that being could not have any body parts. So we see in scripture that actually God is, says that God is spirit. God does not have a body. What's so interesting about the argument is that it, it demonstrably refutes the idea that God could have had a body, that God does have a body. That I mean, there's all kinds of problems with, with a sinful man becoming God. But by definition, you've got, you've got a being that comes into existence that somehow you're saying is God. Okay, What has to be at the base or root a foundation of everything is the uncaused first cause, the, the, the being that is pure actuality. And the Mormon worldview rejects that because they have a view of God being the heavenly father was a man who became God. And when heavenly father was a, was a man, there was a God over his planet. And that goes back, uh, infinite, you know, all the way back in just an infinite regress. So number one, you've got the problem is where did the, on their view matter? Where did that come from? Because matter is by definition composed of actuality and potentiality, right? You can cut the matter in half. You can, you can do all kinds. So by definition, it could not be the most foundational level because something had to actualize the potentiality of that matter to get there. Now forget all the other problems with how can matter produce, uh, minds and, you know, life and all you got all, you know, which we'll talk about, especially if we talk about naturalistic evolution. But you've got the problem of you do not have a foundation from which you can build your worldview on. So Mormonism doesn't even have a foundation for which the whole thing could get started. Um, you've got this, you know, there has to be a foundation, the uncaused first cause God that is, that is from which everything came from. Now, this also helps us explain, answer the question, well, then where did God come from? People, people say all the time, well, where did God come from? Well, number one, God didn't come from every, anywhere. See, God couldn't have come from anywhere because if he came from anywhere, then guess what? Something else behind him would be the pure actuality or the uncaused first cause. God could not have come into existence. There was no potentiality that was actualized. Right. And so God is pure act. God just has always existed. He is the foundation for everything. Otherwise, you couldn't have anything. The fact that we have anything right now, the fact that we have this coffee mug in front of me, the fact that we have this computer that's recording this podcast demonstrates, we think, demonstrates to us conclusively that there has to be an uncaused first cause that is at the base or foundation of everything. Now, that's exactly what the Bible says about God, that he is spirit. The Bible also talks about these uh, ideas about God having eyes and arms and legs and eyes. But the problem, the, the, the reality, though, is 
That is what's called anthropomorphic language. Now, here's what every person who reads the Bible is going to have to do. Every person who reads the Bible is going to look at language that says God has body parts, seems like the language that says God has body parts, and then language which says God is spirit. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to decide which of those are um, anthropomorphic language, which just means giving human characteristics to non-human things to try to help us understand it better which is what we would say is what I would say is what's happening with the the language in the Bible that, that attributes body parts and those kind of things to God. But you're going to have to decide which of the, uh, you know, which of those two character, uh, uh, which one of those two ways in which God is depicted either with body parts or without God being spirit, which one of them, which one of them is literal and which one of them is anthropomorphic or metaphorical. And I would think it's by understanding physics, metaphysics, the stuff that we've just been talking about, you would say, Oh, clearly, that that means that God could not have had a body part, could not have a, had a body. Why? Because if he had a body, then he wouldn't be God. There would be something more foundational that is God. Now, you've got other problems with—you've got certainly other problems with uh, the Mormon worldview in which you now have—where um, where does truth, where does math, mathematical truths, like 1 plus 1 equals 2, where do, where do the laws of logic, where do all these things properly reside? Well, they properly reside in a mind, but the, a, not a human mind, because a human mind is changing. It has to be an unchanging mind, a standard that, that has always existed. Now, that's exactly what we talk about when we talk about God. And that's an argument for, for later. That's fine. But for, but for our purposes here, what I want you to see is that if these arguments are true, and I think they're demonstrably true about you know just the, just the, the, the potentiality, actuality, if that's true, then God, Heavenly Father, could not have had a body, could not have a body right now. And so therefore, the Mormon worldview is demonstrably false just on that point. Now, what we'll see as we walk through different podcasts is, there's there's four or five main areas where all uh, where where we completely disagree with the Mormon worldview, and one of those is the nature of God. Certainly, the nature of Jesus. They believe that Jesus was a created being. Um, the sufficiency of Scripture, uh, salvation by grace through faith alone. Uh, those are all important topics. But but again, if what we think about when we think about God is the most important thing about us, and the Mormon worldview can't even get off the ground because it has a created being that somehow that came into existence from another created being and that goes all the way back to just to just matter that that worldview doesn't work because you do not have the foundation from which you could even have the matter that supposedly uh, from which everything else came and so I just want you to see that, that, that this is where um, uh, studying philosophy and studying apologetics can help us understand demonstrably so how certain worldviews cannot be true. Any worldview that denies God's existence or any worldview that, that basically has a created being as God, the Mormon worldview, could not be the case because at the base level, you do not have an uncaused first cause. You don't have a being that is pure actuality to, to as the foundation for everything. And that's exactly what we see in Scripture because Scripture and reality will always match up because the Christian worldview is true. And so in this short, you know, 25 minutes or so podcast, what I wanted you, what I want you to see is that this is why studying apologetics, this is why studying philosophy, this is, you know, this is why it's so important. And these are the kinds of things that we'll talk about, uh, throughout the, you know, hundreds and hundreds, hopefully of episodes of, uh, the, the present day saint to help you understand number one, why the Mormon worldview can't be true, but, but so that you don't run to atheism, that you would run to the God that does exist, the uncaused first cause, the God that's not just like you only bigger, right? That God is not like us only bigger. God is wholly other. And think 
literally thank God that that is true. So anyway, so I hope you enjoyed. I hope, again, maybe this was a little bit, um, made you think a little bit, made you uh, question a little bit. You certainly don't have to agree with me on everything. And if you disagree, then certainly let me know and we can I can try to clear up some things that maybe weren't as clear. But as we begin to walk through metaphysical, uh, philosophical, apologetics arguments for the truth claims of Christianity, uh, again, the question we always want to wrestle with is what the worldview that we hold ha- hold has to uh, accurately ref- reflect reality. And if it can't, then it cannot be true. In the Mormon worldview where you have a created being who's somehow the god of this planet, and that just goes all the way back uh, ad infinitum until you've got just matter as the uh, foundational uh, cause or the foundation of all reality, cannot be true. It's, it's demonstrably so that it cannot be true. If that's the case, then the Mormon worldview can't even get off the ground and cannot be true. And so uh, so those of you that are, are wrestling with this, again, this is sort of the final plea, don't reject God because a false view of God has been presented to you. Um, reject If you're going to reject God, reject him on his, ter- his own terms, the, the uncaused first cause. Uh, I would argue to you that the fact that you can even reject God only makes sense if God exists. And again, that's something we can talk about uh, in, certainly in future episodes. But 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 it's but I think it's demonstrably demonstrably true that the uh, Mormon worldview cannot be true most because their because their view of God can't even make sense of all of reality. So uh, episode number two of the present day saint. Uh, Again, introduction to the nature of God. If this is interesting to you, if you liked what we had to talk, what I had to talk about today, um, let me know. If you got ideas about um, ways in which you want me to expand on this in the future, I mean, in the future we'll do 30 episodes on this topic, and we can go to a much d- uh, deeper uh, dive on, on on each of these areas. And I'll look, we'll walk through the rest of Aquinas's five ways, and certainly other arguments for God's existence uh, that we that we'll get into over the course of again the next months and hopefully years. Uh, if you if you like what you heard today, please uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, please let us know that you are enjoying uh, what we are what we're talking about and again if you have any ideas of future topics that you'd like us to, to wrestle through then, then please uh, let us know as well if you want to support the ministry and what we're doing um, please um, do that and I'll put some links uh, around the podcast where you can do that where you can actually go to our fundraising page and support what we're doing Eventually, we'll set up a Patreon account and everything so we can keep this ministry going. And hopefully, this will be helpful to you. And hopefully, you'll be able to share it with uh, LDS friends and, again, have them question, begin to question uh, the truth claims of uh, their worldview. So thanks again for listening. This is Aaron Marshall. I am a present-day saint.